You're listening to the Weekly Parsha Podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Pesham Israel, 5781, 2021. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayigash. Our Parsha starts off with a cataclysmic confrontation between Yehuda and Yosef over the status and future of Binyamin, whether he'll be left as a slave in Egypt or whether he'll be returned home to his father, to Yaakov Avinu, to Jacob. And the first piece in the Medrash, as you may have noticed, we've been looking at the first pieces. The first piece in the Medrash tells us, I have to say, a very almost astonishing thing. And if you've been listen, listening to me for a while, so you're going to see that you know there's been perhaps a small shift in what I've been speaking about and my approach. I don't know if anyone has noticed it, but there's been a small shift. And this shift, I feel like, is very much embodied in the Medrash right here. And I'm open to your thoughts on this as well. I'd like to have some feedback. AriGoldwag at gmail.com on the issue that I'm going to bring up. Okay, and here it is. Yehuda steps up to to Yosef and he says to him, Please, my master, let my let your servant say a word in the ears of my master. And let you not become angry with your with your servant because you are like Paro. Now the Mishnah, I'm sorry, the Brisa brings the Pasuk and Mishle. The Pasuk and Mishle says like this: Bini, Pasuk, it's in the sixth chapter of Mishle, verses 1 through 3. First Pasuk speaks about an Arev, a person who has decided that he's going to be a guarantor. Okay, so already we start to know that we're talking about Yehuda, excuse me, as a guarantor. But the Pasuk speaks of the guarantor not in such a positive way. And we're going to see the first part of the Medrash says that the three things mentioned in this verse are actually not such good things. Not a good idea to get involved. Being a guarantor is a big responsibility. It's a great commitment. Nakash ben Reficha, the second verse speaks of somebody who is using his speech, using his words in a certain way. Nakashta can mean to, uh, to, to knock on a door. You banged with the words of your mouth. Asay Zeis says the verse that if a person has done these things, so then you're going to have to do something to rectify the situation. Because when you make a commitment, when you knock, when you say hard words, so those words have to be backed up by action. So the Medrash first starts off before touching on Yehuda himself. The Medrash tells us to watch out for these kinds of things. Watch out for commitments. You know, you may have heard from me many times, because I know I've spoken about it, because it's something that I feel passionately about. The importance of a commitment, the importance of deciding I'm going to do something, making it so important, as my Rebbe, Rabbi Moshe Brown, of Yeshiva Farakaway, as he said, I once heard him speak on, on Purim, people asked him, how did he become such a great Torah scholar? How did he become such a tremendous Talmud Chacham? And he said, you have to, you have to feel like it, your life depends on it. If you want to know Tyra, you have to feel like your life depends on it. So, in a certain sense, when we make a commitment, 
we have to feel like our life depends on it. And then that commitment is real to us, to the extent that it's real to us, to that extent it's going to it's going to be fulfilled. We have to fulfill it because it's so real to us. That's how important the Torah has to be to us, as Rabbi Brown said. And that's how important our commitments need to be, be to us. We see certainly that that was the case with Yehuda. Yehuda made a commitment to his father. He promised him. He's, he, he bet his life on it, his life in this world and the next. And to the degree that a person is committed, so it has a, an amazing result. I'm Rabbi Hanina, So, But this is what the Medrash warns us about. Just be careful about it. Be careful. Run away, distance yourself from three things and attach yourself to three other things. Even though, of course, it's a chesed, somebody brings you something to watch, gives you money to take care of. It's a responsibility. It's called a pikadon. Someone brings you something to watch, money to watch, etc. Watch out. Don't be so quick to be somebody who's taking care of other people's items. Second item is meunim. There's a concept in Jewish law that if a father has died, so the mother and the brother are able to marry off their daughter. In those times, people would get married even under the age of 12. And when it comes to the age of 12, even though she's been married, they've acted as husband and wife, the daughter has a right to back out of the marriage if she decides that she doesn't want this husband. It's called miun, because they weren't married. There's such a concept. But distance yourself from this kind of situation. You make a commitment, and it might be broken. Stay away from that kind of situation. And the third situation that it says is being an arif, being a guarantor, making commitments at that level. Being an arif means backing up alone. Sometimes a person needs that. It's a big chesed. But it shouldn't be something that we're running to do. Because it's a big responsibility. If the person defaults, we have to pick up the slack. So these are the three things that the Medrash says, watch out for them. Watch out for them. Hidavik says the Medrash, what should a person try to attach oneself to? To things that don't, that, to things that involve loosening commitments. Interesting. First of all, Hidavik Bachalitza. Chalitza is where there's an obligation from Midoraisa for uh, if a person dies, a man dies without any children. So his brother is obligated to marry his, his wife. And it has a tremendous spiritual significance. By doing so, the brother marrying this woman will bring back down the soul of the first brother who died to be able to come back to this world. It's a very deep spiritual concept. But the measure says, don't, don't get involved in that kind of situation. Be the one who doesn't marry the, the brother's wife. Be involved in nullifying, if you're a rabbi who knows how to nullify a vow, be involved in letting a person out of their commitment. And the third item, which, according to some of the Mephorshim, it's not a separate thing, but the idea of, of really the first two things, and we can draw a general principle to all other things, is that, one should not be, one should be involved in bringing about peace between people. Because when a person makes a guarantee, 
when a person makes a promise, when a person is committed, for example, this is what the Mephorshim talking about with the Pikadon, somebody leaves their item with me to watch. So it opens up the possibility that it will be stolen, that there will be some kind of issue, that I might be tempted to use it in a way that's not permitted. It could, it could lead to a fight, it could lead to a problem. It can lead to arguments between people. The Medrash tells us the most important thing, according to this verse in Mishlei, Proverbs, written by King Solomon, Shlomo HaMelech, the wisest of all men, is to steer away from situations that could involve a lack of Shalom Shabbat Adam Lachaver, a lack of peace between man and his fellow. So the first section of this Medrash clearly says, one should steer away from commitments, perhaps we could say commitments that involve other people, but maybe even commitments inside of ourselves. Maybe it's not such a good thing, it sounds like, from the Medrash, especially if it's going to be something, that's what the Mashmos is from the from the Forsham, it's going to be something that we're not going to be able to keep our commitment, or there's going to come out some negative kind of interaction between people because of that commitment that was originally made. Steer away. Focus on things that allow a person to have peace between himself, between others. Now the Medrash comes back. I'm just going to skip one line in the Medrash that's not so relevant to the topic. Davar Acher. Another explanation. Binim Arav Yehuda. This at the verse said, speaking about an Eiravon, a guarantee, a guarantor. This is a reference to Yehuda. Yehuda stood as a guarantor for Binyamin. He said, I will, I will guarantee him, I will bring him back. He promised his father. The verse also there, that same verse refers to someone who makes a promise to a stranger. Makes a promise, is you take your hand and you, and you make a vow with your hand. Maybe a promise like this. Maybe it's different ways of doing it. But this is This is what Yehuda said from my hand. He made a, a solemn oath with his hand up. He said, "You will, you will get back your son. I will bring him back from my hand. You will request him." The second part of the verse is that you you knocked with the words of your lips. Yehuda said with the words of his lip. He said, "I promise you, I will bring him back." You will be able to, if anything happens, if I don't bring him back to you, I'm the guarantor that it will be done. He will be brought back. What was the result? So we know, in a simple understanding, and this is perhaps I, I could have, I don't remember if I've said this in the past, but it could very well be I've said it in the past. You see the power of a promise, you see the power of a commitment. The power of the commitment is you would have made a commitment, he stood up to, to Yosef to this Egyptian ruler who was challenging him and going to cause him not, be able, not to be able to bring back his brother. Because of that commitment, he stood up against this terrifying situation. So, that's looking at it in a positive light. And I'm, I know I've said this, that Binyamin and Yehuda were forever bound as, as a result of that. Right? Today, the entire Jewish people consists of the Jews who lived in the southern kingdom of Israel. Yehuda and Binyamin, Judah and Benjamin. We all, today, all the Jewish people, we're called Jews, we're from Judah, right? All of us are either from Yehuda or Binyamin. Mordechai HaTzadik was Ishimini, was from Binyamin. 
So this promise, this guarantee, was something that stood for 3,300 years, even more. 3,700 years. So, so this is an incredibly powerful thing, this promise. But it comes with a danger, and that's the end of the Medrash. He says, do this in order to save yourself. And as the Eitzayasif explains, there's a Teichachas Musar. There's a, an awareness that we need to have that when a person makes a commitment, there are ramifications for that commitment. The commitment involves, for, Ye- for Yehuda, it meant that he would have to bow down to the Malchus, to the kingship of Yosef. Yosef would show his power over the brothers, and Yehuda would bow, Molekon Mose, all the way down on the floor, in deference to Yosef at Sadik, to Yosef's kingship, to Yosef's demand, because of his promise, Vayigashe, love Yehuda. As the verse says, that Yehuda approached him. And this approach was one of complete subservience, of complete surrender to Yosef. Okay, so that's the Medrash. Now, I was learning this Medrash with my son, Moshe Dov, and we had a whole discussion. I asked him, it sounds like if, if we read the entire Medrash as really one concept, because it, you could really look at it often in the Medrash. I like to explain how the Medrash, when it says a few different concepts, so it's really the same concept, that they line up, they parallel each other, just being often expressed in a different way. But sometimes that's not the case. Often the, the Mufarsham and the Medrash say that these are different explanations, and they always, almost always point out that the, the verse that's being brought at the beginning, which is going to explain our verse, is first explained in, a, in another light. That's the way the Medrash speaks about it. Now, in thinking about this, so it sounds like it's a negative thing to make a commitment. So I said, you know, did Yehuda do something wrong in making this commitment? Would he not have stood up for Binyamin? Would the brothers have just left Binyamin there if they hadn't had this commitment? I don't know if that's true. I'm not sure. You do see that they left Shimon. I said this to Moshe Dov. You do see that they left Shimon down in, in Egypt. They went back. They came back. But, as he pointed out, Lamai said they, they knew that they would have to come back with their brother Binyamin and they would get back Shimon. That was the promise. It wasn't like they left him there indefinitely or forever. So, would they not have stood up for him? Was it, maybe they would have. It's not clear, but what is clear in the first part of the Medjush is it's better not to, to make commitments that are going to lead to problems. In the second Medjush, was it a problem? So as Eitz Yosef explains it, there's a Techachas Musar. There's a lesson that we need to learn that if a person makes a commitment, he's going to end up having to bow down. Now, that sounds like a negative thing, but perhaps it's not. And perhaps, and this is how my son explained it, and I think that there's a lot of truth to it, it could be explained that the first section of the Medrash is just saying, indeed, watch out for commitments. There are responsibilities, and there can come out takalis, there can come out negative uh, results from from these from these commitments and you got to watch out for that it's better to be undoing commitments creating peace between people when that's called for that's the first section of the medrash the second second of the medrash section of the medrash is saying a different idea 
It's saying that when a person makes a commitment, there's going to be a necessity, an absolute necessity to bow down. There's going to be, if a person makes a commitment, let's say, he wants to learn the Dafyomi every day. Right? He's going to wake up one morning and not feel like getting out of bed. He's going to have to subdue his Yetzirah. It's going to be hard. He's going to have to bow to his commitment. He's going to have to do things that are difficult. So it's not saying it as a negative thing per se, but it's saying just this is the reality of it. The reality of a commitment is that it will involve further surrender of one's Yetzirah. Further submission to his commitment. That's the two ideas that are in this medrash. And I was thinking about it, and I've mentioned a few times already over the last few weeks, but I continue to think about this idea of there are two reasons, there are two motivations that lead us to do anything in our lives. One is Lishma, not for the right reasons. And of course, Chazal say, we're supposed to do things for the wrong reasons to begin with, because it will end up being, as long as we're focused on ultimately arriving there, we will end up doing it for the right reasons. But the wrong reasons can involve money, kavod, honor, prestige, um, you name it, taiva, desire, you know, those things motivate us, and they're powerful motivators, they're very strong motivators. Lishma is a very soft motivator. It's a very weak motivator in a certain sense. If, and this is the the the, the kicker, let us say, it's a weak motivator if we're accustomed to, we're overly accustomed to only having powerful motivators. There's so many powerful motivators in the world. Maybe, you know, if I learn the daf, I get a certain sense of self-esteem. That's a very powerful thing. I'm part of a tremendous group of people learning the daf. That's amazing. But can I do it? Lashma, can I do it? Can I become accustomed and accustom myself continuously to doing things that have not such a strong motivation? As I mentioned previously, will I only take out the garbage when it's overflowing and when there's a second bag hanging from the door? Or will I do it even when it's just perhaps a little bit below full? Well, it's a waste of garbage bags. How much does a garbage bag cost? Right? Can I, can I be willing to do it? That's the Shvirus Hamidis. This, this ability to reinforce within myself that willingness the willingness to perform actions that don't have a big payoff. A commitment is a big payoff. A commitment is a big payoff and involves dangers. That's what this measure is saying. I'm not coming here to minimize the importance of commitments. They're essential. We make a commitment to our children. We make a commitment to our families. We make a commitment to our spouse. There are certain things that are expected that come along with our relationships. And those commitments are essential. But the thing that I see from this medrash, and of course we see the things that we're looking for, and obviously I'm thinking about this a lot now. So this is what I see in this medrash. The medrash is telling us that there's a danger in the commitment, in that intense, in that intense way of thinking and being. The danger is, on the other side of it, where I don't end up keeping my commitment, or where I don't, I don't end up doing what's right. 
The, the commitment can also lead to a danger unless I'm aware, as Yehuda was, that my commitment involves a tremendous, tremendous obligation to subdue myself, to subdue my, my will to the commitment to God, to, to in this case, to Yosef. <clears throat> so that's the danger. But what I'm offering here is another possible path. I'm offering this idea, and I would love to hear back from you about this, if you've had any experiences with it. And I know it's not something that has a great motivation to write an email. But I encourage you, perhaps this could be the Avoida, to write an email to arigoldweg at gmail.com. Tell me your experience. What does it mean to do something without that powerful motivator? What does it mean to be willing to do it when it first starts to come up that this is something that I should be doing? And as I've said already previously, and I'll be saying it again, the more that I listen to that, the more that I'm willing to do things that are quiet motivators, that's Lashma. The less I need those powerful motivators to motivate me to do the things that I, I you know, I'm going to end up doing those things anyway. I'm going to end up doing those things anyway. But can I do it now before it becomes so dachuf, such a, such a pressure? Can I do it now? I think that in this medrash there's an encouragement to recognize the dangers of being addicted to powerful motivators and the importance it calls it shalom it says shalom bringing peace between people right obviously if people are going to break their commitments so that's going to be problematic it's going to create angst between people but I'm saying it on another level there's a certain peace that a person experiences when instead of it always being this pressured, pressured, pressured motivation there's instead a soft motivation listening to the soft voice and to the extent that I can listen to that soft voice that's where my conscience speaks that's where Hashem's voice speaks to me that's where I when I start to listen there I start to hear more the voice of my conscience I reinforce my ability to indeed do things without that heavy, heavy motivation so I want to bless you and I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us to recognize the place. And it's it's important to know that we need both of them. The places where we are supposed to make those commitments. And we are indeed we're obligated to make those commitments. Hashem should help us to be able to make the commitments in the right places and to be able to keep those commitments. To be able to be subservient to what we know is right. To surrender to that which is right. Hashem should help us in that area. Hashem should also give us the wisdom to discern where it is that we can reinforce within ourselves the ability to do things without that powerful, powerful motivator, but to do it from a, a, a place of love, a place of lishma, a place of purity. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.